Hey everybody, greetings and salutations. You're listening to episode 13 of the Sunspots Comics Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Latori. How you doing? Excellent! <laughs> well, uh, I can't believe it's issue 13. Um, it's uh, my lucky number, so I'm jazzed. <laughs> There's so much stuff, so many things to go over. Might as well start with a nerd alert. Little state of affairs uh, announcements, I guess, if you will. Coming up very soon on the podcast will be a gentleman named Dave Baker. He is the writer of a comic book named Action Hospital. That's uh, currently a webisode webcomic online and on his website, theactionhospital.com. And he was kind enough to say he would be a guest very soon on a podcast. So that's coming. And him and I are getting to know each other. I'm reading his material. Check it out at theactionhospital.com. And more to come upon that very soon, which is cool. And he'll be our first, I guess, interview with a pro in the biz. Pro in the biz. Maybe that's what the segment will be called. <laughs> uh, oh, and something else fun. I today purchased my Kamikaze Con tickets. Stan Lee's Kamikaze Con in, on Halloween weekend. So I'm totally pumped and jazzed. And if you're there, you might see me. Who knows? Walking around with a microphone, sticking it in your face. And uh, who knows? Could be fun. So I'm just totally jazzed about going to Kamikaze Con. And, uh, oh, and other thing too, the, uh, the contest, the minion contest is still going. I want more entries. Uh, when I read them, I laugh and so far they're all kind of equally good, but please send some more and I'm going to pick some folks. Uh, I'll officially say it now. I was going to say there was going to be a winner, winner. Now there's going to be winners. I've got some, some minion stuff I want to send out. So please send me a minion sentence in minion language. Just go online and look up the minion translator. Something funny, something that makes you laugh, something cute, whatever. I'll pick some winners and send some gifts. Just send your entries to chris at sunspotscomics.com. That's the email. So still some time on that. I'll probably do a little mini pod talking about the favorite one. Maybe not mixing it into the pod, but uh, maybe make a mini mini minion pod. There you go. About the uh, winner winners of the contest. So keep that going. And uh, oh, another big announcement is zombiedestroyers.com. I bought the website. It's, it's uh, on the web now, but, uh, you know, not much on it, of course, yet, but there will be soon. The big announcement is that I have an artist. I have been writing a Zombie Destroyer comic book for a while now, putting the characters together, just something that's fun, something that's all over the place about a team of four people that destroy zombies with some twists. There's so much fun zombie stuff out there. I wanted to make a unique take and just have something maybe weekly that I'd post on the site as a webcomic that I would uh, just delve deeply into and just have a ball with and have fun. And I've got an artist and uh, more to come about that very soon. But I just wanted to make the official announcement that zombiedestroyers.com is open. The site doesn't have much on it. There will be a weekly webcomic, hopefully weekly. That's the general plan. And I've gotten it uh, pretty well laid out uh, script-wise, format-wise, made all kinds of clusters, just want to have fun with it, and still working out some of the details there. So that's all I can kind of tell you about zombiedestroyers.com, coming soon. So that's going to be a blast. And, oh, something fun that I saw, Halloween's coming up, and I saw that The Walking Dead is returning to Universal Studios. This is from universalstudios.com. The cool thing about the Halloween horror haunt, brought to you by AMC's Walking Dead, 
It says that this year's event will reportedly draw inspiration from and attempt to replicate for fans some of the most intense moments of the fifth season of the hit series. We went, my wife and I, maybe three years ago, and they did some of the same stuff. They highlighted that season, I think it was season two, and it was just terrifying and frightening, but yet at the same time you're like, oh, remember that scene? That was from this episode. So just well done, professional. It seemed like the movie biz was on hand to make some seriously professional sets gruesomely frightening, but fun and immersive at the same time because it was like you're walking in to the TV show yourself, and then, of course, in that you're walking into the comic as well. So it was just double nerdification there, <laughs> for me anyway. So excited that Universal Studios is running that again, and they're going to be highlighting a season five. Pretty cool. And uh, oh, and I wanted to mention on the radar for me something I probably will discuss very soon is a DC Comics full animated feature. I don't. Uh, I in the past haven't really dug these, but there is a new one that has come out that is getting some buzz, getting some good reviews finally, and it's Justice League's Gods and monsters. And I know almost nothing about it. It's just on my radar because reviews have been good. I know it's sort of an other world type uh, story, something a uh, twist with the characters. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to that. And so a review I'm sure will come soon of Justice League Gods and Monsters. And uh, last little nerd alert I guess is a special highlight on a comic book called Black Sad. Dark Horse Books presents Black Sad by Juan Diaz Canales and Juano Guardino, Guan, Guanido, Guanido, sorry, I'm horrible with names, I don't uh, pretend that I'm any good with them, but uh, I've been, this is a 2003 hardbound comic of anthropomorphic characters that uh, mainly centered around this detective cat, and the art is ridiculous, um, I, I don't know how I missed this, but it is out of this world good. It has a Disney feel, yet adult twist to this look. It's, I don't know, it's sort of comparable to Alex Ross. It also has Secret of Nim kind of look to it. And the art and color are fantastic. I'll be talking about it. It's on the list. Ooh, and before I forget and go on to the next segment, I just wanted to give a happy birthday to Bugs Bunny. 75 years of age. He looks good for his age. And uh, I, I love Bugs. I, it's I had so many fond memories as a child just watching Bugs Bunny cartoons and the whole gambit of his family of characters that were along with him. And the art and the sense of humor and the wackiness has uh, partially made me who I am today. So thank you, Warner Brothers, and thank you, Bugs, and happy birthday, Bugs Bunny. And uh, now let's go into my five feel-good factoid freebies. Number one of five, the Boston Globe has a highlighted article here on bostonglobe.com. Stan Lee honored in Boston with a day of his own. So mark it down on your calendars, folks. Put it down, write it down, type it down. August 1st is Stan Lee Day in Boston. Pretty cool. In honor of uh, Spider-Man creator Stan Lee, who's in town for the weekend at Boston Comic-Con festivities, Saturday was declared Stan Lee Day by Mayor Marty Walsh. So that's pretty awesome. The 92-year-old icon is supported uh, and loved that way out there in Boston. I I love that. Made me feel good to see the master of all that is comic books. It was given his day. And it should be national. It should be be global. National, federal, state, global Stan Lee Day. 
Let's make it happen. Where do we vote? Where do we, where, how do we, who do we call to get that uh, to happen? Come on, Stan Lee. Anyway, <laughs> that's the first one. I love that story. Second, uh, do, you, do you anybody remember hidden DVD or Blu-ray Easter eggs? I know that nobody's buying those anymore, but I still like to go and find Easter eggs on Blu-rays and DVDs. In case you didn't know, Easter eggs are just hidden little nuggets, hidden little secret features, hidden little um, hidden special, you know, moments, features on DVDs and Blu-rays. And uh, there's a site that I've gone to forever, HiddenDVDEasterEggs.com. You should check it out. And they even do a quick little thing and highlight certain DVDs and Blu-rays that have come out recently or, you know, somewhat recently of little hidden gems, little hidden things on your Blu-ray menu, hidden things that if you press this way, press that way, it takes you to a secret nugget of something on, on a Blu-ray. Like take this one, for instance. Uh, they put a little 10 most popular Easter eggs as of May 2015. Number one, The Avengers, the 2012 Blu-ray release. It says here that on the Blu-ray's main menu, when play is highlighted... Press to the left on your remote to highlight the S.H.I.E.L.D. logo. Hit enter to access the S.H.I.E.L.D. secret files on all the characters. So see? I mean, that's even relevant enough to today. Although it was a 2012 Blu-ray release, of course, with the Avengers. And then next, next on the list, the 10 with little secret little Blu-ray stuff is Harry Potter, Chamber of Secrets, Iron Man 3, Memento, The Dark Knight, Harry Potter and the Prince of Azkaban. goes on and on and on. So check out HiddenDVDEasterEggs.com if you want to just... Take a look at one of your Blu-rays or DVDs and see if there's some hidden little gems, hidden little fun Easter eggs. There's some wacky, cool stuff. Maybe when I start digging again into them, I'll highlight. But check out hidden DVD Easter eggs, folks. They're there. They've been there. And you didn't even know it. <laughs> and uh, next on uh, the feel-good factoid freebie list here is um, a story from the Newark Post. And I thought this was cool. This basically is a story about a comic book employee that wants to make a difference. He's uh, this guy. Um, his name is on here somewhere. Here we go. 37-year-old Jason Colatriano, and he used to work at the Boys and Girls Club. Looks like in Newark, and he wanted to work in a comic book store to sort of enhance his experience with kids and inspire them to read. So Mr. Colatriano landed himself a job at this comic book shop in uh, called. Here it is, Captain Blue Hen Comics. And when he landed the spot there, he immediately started embracing some of those connect contacts he had um, in the community to help kids. And he's already sponsored reading days and social media outlet days that just all of it is just for him trying to bridge a gap and trying to inspire young kids to read. So I thought, this is cool. This this just he's just there as an employee. He's not doesn't say he's the owner of this comic book shop or anything. But he's taking his knowledge and taking his experience, really helping the community and helping kids and helping them read and helping them stay active to to, to read. And they had a, a media day where all, a bunch of 233 kids came. Every single kid left there with a free comic book. And I just had to give a shout out and check out the Newark Post. Uh, the title of it is Get to Work, Comic Book Lover Aims to Inspire Reading. So way to go, Jason Colatriano, if I'm even saying that right. I, I totally am sorry if I didn't. But very cool comic book employee, making a difference, trying to do something a little different, inspiring the kids, and a very cool little article, I thought. And the fifth and final feel-good factoid freebie is from theheralddispatch.com, and local. the title is Local Comic Writer Provides Lecture 
tour of comics exhibit. This one looks especially cool. Um, it uh, says the Huntington Museum of Art is hosting an exhibit called WHAM, all in caps, exclamation, original comic drawings from the collection. Sponsored by the Herald Dispatch, so way to go. Uh, the first little paragraph, which makes me want to just jump on a plane and go over there and check it out. This collection of original comic book and comic strip art features pieces from the 1940s through the modern era, stretching genres from fantasy to comedy to superheroes. The exhibition starts on the 27th, going all the way through October 11th. Even local writer Bo Smith will be hosting a tour of the collection at the reception area at 7 p.m. on Tuesday, July 28th. The event is free to the public. The lectures last about 40 minutes. And they show a little splash of it. It's just so professionally done. Some original artwork from all... Of the, the from the big two to to image to a bunch of other unique and oh, it's just beautiful. These some of these pieces of art. So check it out if um, you're in the the Huntington, West Virginia area, West Virginia. But man, very cool. There's some Green Lantern ones I'm looking at right there with Guy Gardner. Just beautiful pieces of original art that uh, you know they're not making. They're not making any more of those, those, those there, folks, the original old-fashioned, the original, you know, Silver Age, Golden Age, etc. Got to check it out. Go there if you're in that area. Looks fantastically beautiful. Love the name of it. Wham! So there you go. There's uh, the five feel-good factoid freebies of the week. Hope you dug them. Next up is a segment I haven't done in a while, but it's a article that makes my spider sense tingle. Mmm. And this one is from the Los Angeles Times. And it's titled, Huntington Beach Removes Trees Infected with These Harmful Beetles. Polyphagus. That even sounds evil, right? Is this beetle that it looks like it's hitting 65 trees in the Central Park area. And the polyphagus beetle doesn't eat the tree. It doesn't lay its eggs in the tree. It basically uses a fungus in its mouth to dig and bore holes into a tree, and then it rots the core, the fungus spreads, attacks the tree, and destroys it. So how many uh, supervillains in comic books have uh, are created by something despicable in nature? Uh, or can be? Uh, all of them, right? <laughs> Not every supervillain is created from a, a bug or something that is just nasty. And this is a perfect example. The polyphagus beetle is just waiting for some crazy, super smart scientist to create this, uh, and use and weaponize it. And, uh, there you go, folks, polyphagus. Uh, there's a, <laughs> that's just waiting to be, it's going to be in a con. I should just take it and write it into my comic. That, 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 that's a, that's a no brainer. Anyway, thanks Los Angeles times. <laughs> so that's the only one article that made my spider sense a tingle, a tingling. And last thing before I go into my top five comic book picks of July 26th is a, I want to jump into the, into the mailbag. Let's just dive into the old bag of mail. And this one comes from Nancy Rodriguez, and thank you for writing in, Nancy. And she says here, I am not crazy into comics yet, but would you su- what would you suggest for me to start out with? I have been reading Walking Dead, Hulk, Thor, and X-Men. Well, that's a pretty darn good start for someone that's not crazy into comics. So, uh, and boy, I love and am challenged with... What should I be reading? Because if you look at sunspotscomics.com and go and just click on pull list, you'll see my very long, it's, it, my list is as long as, uh, as Reed Richards' uh, arm. Get your head out of the gutter. But um, it, it, So I'm reading a lot of things, and it's tough to just pinpoint one. But one immediately popped into my head to recommend you, Nancy, is one that I'm just 
I just dipped the toe into is Miss Marvel from Marvel Comics, uh, written by the team of Wilson, Afona, and Herring. And it's it's uh, it's uh, it's on the talks to be award winning. It's I can see why. I've only read issue number one, and I think they're on the second or third trade of it. And the art style is just real hyper real, real detailed, super super detailed. Um, and it's a story of a Middle Eastern teenager that falls upon the Miss Marvel suit, and who and she was a Miss Marvel fan. And now she's given the responsibility of being the new Miss Marvel. And she has a sort of traditional, old-fashioned um, Middle Eastern family. And they have their beliefs and their culture. And she's just of a little more of the modern age. She is of the modern age. And how she battles with that and, and high school. And it just has an overall... I can I can see why people are immersed in this character because they really do a great job developing her and giving you a sense of who she really is. So I thought they've done that. And they like to hide little hidden gems. There's so much detail that you have to read everything that's on the panel as far as the in the background of some of described descriptors, small descriptors of a product, like say in a store, in a, in a sandwich shop, there's things to read that are kind of funny. You got, I don't want to spoil them all, but you got to look at them very closely there, Nancy. So I would say Miss Marvel, dig into that, jump in. It's, uh, it's Eisner nominated. It's going to be winning awards. It's, uh, there's already buzz on TV show, Netflix, or is it should it go to the movies? Or they're all everyone's all jazzed about it. Everyone's kind of buzzed and talking about it. On Comixology, 1765, uh, that's how many ratings it's been given, and it it's a five star. And th- I read some of these reviews, and the the stars are legit anyway, I feel. So I would say go check that out. Put your eyeballs on that there, Nancy. Miss um, Marvel. So thank you for writing in, and uh, thank you for... Uh, Attaching your address here, I will send you a comic book related gift. Maybe it'll be Miss Marvel related, but who knows? Could be whatever I it comes into my brain. But thank you, Nancy Rodriguez, for writing in. Appreciate that. And if anyone wants to write in, like I said, and I discuss your your email uh, when you send it into Chris at sunspotscomics.com. And if you're selected, I do read about it, talk about it, and send you some stuff. So uh, thank you there, Nancy. Appreciate it. And uh, that's uh, that's the dive into the mailbag this week. Keep them coming. All right, so let's get into my favorite part of the podcast, which is my top five comic book picks for the week of July 26th. And it was a large, large, girthy week of 15 comics. In the prior couple of weeks, there were like seven, I think, and eight and nine pulls. This uh, week was 15. And so, but you know what? It was an easy 15. They were just all so well done and quick and easy reads at the 15. I just busted them out in one day. It was... It was, a, it was a blast to read them. They were just um, all really good. So it was tricky to pick the top five. But when it came right down to it, these five just jumped right out at me. And uh, before I jump into them, of course, spoiler alert. I will be talking about some of them. I try not to dig too deep, of course, and give you all the, the juiciest, tastiest nuggets. But I will be spoiling. So spoiler alert, spoiler alert. And uh, let's jump in. Number five is Star Wars by Marvel Comics. Number seven by Aaron, Bianchi, and Ponsor. The art on this is just such a beautiful homage to Episode 4. Just has that whole New Hope feel. It's on Tatooine. And this is a cool kind of fill-in, what if, and here's a little uh, uh, taste of what Obi-Wan Kenobi had to go through to keep Luke Skywalker safe. And basically, Luke goes back to Tatooine, finds this journal with some writings of Ben Kenobi. 
And this one in particular, Luke Skywalker is maybe five years old, and Obi-Wan has to protect him from these collectors for Jabba collecting water taxes. They're in the middle of this drought, and they're taking people's water, and people are starving, and people are, are dying of dehydration. And Obi-Wan is battling with trying to step up and fight these people, and also just keeping Luke quiet. Um, his aunt and uncle won't let Ben teach him the ways of the Force, so he has to just be hidden. And this, this, these, these group of Jabba's henchmen are around town, and he's just using the Force in quiet ways and trying to just keep a low profile and not draw too much attention to him and using Jedi mind tricks to keep these, these, these thugs away from the, uh, his aunt and uncle's house where Luke is, and he, he has, he's frustrated with it and so has moments of meditation, and it's just so well written, and it was just so much fun to just kind of see what he had to go through and how he had to keep hidden and didn't want the Empire coming after him, didn't want his aunt and uncle to be bothered and didn't want Luke to know who he was, all of that. So it it paints a real complicated tapestry for Obi-Wan here, and we it, it's sort of something maybe we wrote off from the movies, but they really detailed it in a way that made it a lot of fun, and, and it made sense, and it fits in nicely to the universe, if you will. So that was my number five pick, Star Wars by Marvel Comics, number seven. And the number four pick was from Image Comics, Southern Bastards number 10, Jason Aaron, Jason Latour, the Jasons. And this is interesting in a couple of different ways. I think that great comics have to have villains that you just absolutely hate. And that's what this is doing here. It's one of Coach Boss's henchmen who has uh, some crazy tattoos all over him. One on his neck that says Rebel. And he's an older gentleman. They really like to highlight the older guys in Southern Bastards. And he's approached, this older guy is approached by a, by someone from the church, like a pastor. And this, uh, his name is Esau, by the way, this, this villain they're, they're building a horrible picture of. And this pastor decides he really just wants to pick someone that he feels really needs help. He sort of, this pastor saying, you know, I'm helping kids and I'm stopping people from, from sexting. And he's like, I really want to try to help someone that really needs my help. And so he picks the worst human on the earth. One of uh, coach boss's henchmen, leader of the henchmen, Esau. And so this guy takes some, takes this reverend on this gruesome romp all over town, just doing dastardly stuff. And this, the whole time, this, this preacher, this reverend's trying to talk to this guy and you see that there's there's hope there. He's really trying to get into the psyche of this of Esau, and it it just goes all horribly well. And the Reverend gets gets uh, gets a licking from this guy, and uh, he's even uh, he even hits him with his Bible. So it's it's just a twisted story of this uh, this master of henchmen of of coach boss and how just how much we hate him. And so my hope is that we see him meet his demise in the evilest of way. <laughs> so that's um, my number four, uh, highlighting a bad guy, uh, Southern bastards, number 10 by image comics. <laughs> uh, my number three is from image comics as well. Rasputin from Gresian, Rosmo, Placencia, Maurer. This team is really knocking out of the park. The art uh, has a real cool bright style kind of in the I would say more of the of the cartoony style um, but the way they set it in here Rasputin is uh, this Russian 
you know, you know, we all know sort of the story or the tale of Rasputin. I was killed multiple ways. This sort of puts him in a realistic setting. Uh, and this comic starts out in modern day where a reporter has just figured out who he was. And she starts uh, fondling around this, um, you know, this, 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 uh, bag of pictures that she's keep keeps referencing to but that she's just really trying to get him to admit that he's Rasputin and that he's this immortal and he won't admit it and so he goes back and tells a tale of the Great Depression and how he's in America helping people so it's it that's what's nice about this they just sort of he's sort of all over the world in all different time zones and time frames so the art and the team gets to really just chew on some some different genres and time frames and looks and feels. So it really keeps it fresh. And so she says like, Oh, that's a great story and all. And, um, he, you know, it's just further convincing her that he is Rasputin. And finally she has to play her Trump card. She takes the envelope out with all the pictures and massive spoiler, but <laughs> this, she, the picture that she takes out is of John F. Kennedy being shot and Rasputin revives him. That's the end. Like, wow. Well, uh, this is gonna. This comic's gonna be in a world where JFK is still alive, or was he still alive? Uh, did he revive him completely to bring him back to life? What, what? You know, great cliffhanger. I'm like, ah, oh, I need the next one, and I have to wait four weeks. But Rasputin, solid number three pick from Image Comics. Rasputin number seven was my number three pick of the week. Number two pick of the week was by Image Comics. Image, image, Lazarus. Number eighteen, and this is a these uh, by this is by uh, uh, Rucka, Lark, and Arcus, and this is a long game story here. Of in the future, there's basically twelve corporations that now run the world, and they're basically families. So twelve families, they're twelve corporations that run the world. Everyone else is struggling to even live, and there's wars between them. And this is uh, an action-packed episode of our main character. Who her name is Forever, and she's of the Carlisle family. And this is just a story of how simple, just action-packed. I just, I just love how it, how it, she has a samurai sword, and she is this genetically altered, uh, modified super soldier. And this just shows her in action because a, a lot of it is very, is very uh, like Game of Thrones, very political. There's so many characters you don't know who the importance of that character is. They bounce around a lot, but this is just. Her in action. The the these two families are are, are fighting. Their her father, who is the main, the corporate CEO of their corporation, has been poisoned, and they're scrambling desperately to try to get someone to heal the father so he can get this family out of disarray. And they're in this war with this other family, one of the other families, and the Hawk family. And now uh, it's it's uh, it's like a little World War Three that's happening, and. Um, Boy, this this something just horrible happens to forever at the end of this, uh, where she's shot, and you have to wonder: Is she going to be permanently affected? Is she gone? Is are they switching? Is there going to be another clone brought of her? Like what what's going to happen? Just great cliffhanger, very action packed. There's a lot of depth. They even do some cool stuff with like fake advertisements on the back, advertising the the corporate families that are running the world in this, and it's uh it's it's well done. It's the art style is just gritty and very on the I'd say in the realm of Malieve, who did Daredevil for so long, it just looks just photorealistic. But you can tell there are their lines here are just it's it, the attention to detail, the emotion in the face, 
the way the action's portrayed, the way the panels move, really well done. Just action-packed and a, a neat glimpse into a, re- a really kind of unique world that was just a lot of fun. And the number one pick of the week for July 26th, this was a this was a, an easy winner. Again, I'm smacking it down on my desk because it was that friggin' good, was Black Widow. Black Widow number 20, apparently the final episode. Well, apparently. We'll see what happens with the whole Secret Wars thing. Hmm. But this is number 20 by Edmondson, art by Phil Noto. Black Widow number 20. And let me tell you, it's the, his art style, by the way, is just gorgeous. Very clean lines. Very, the very pastels. Looking at a lot of light blues. And the way he does shadowing is gorgeous. And he's such a pro. And the way he does the eyes. He's telling such a... This entire story, with a lot of it in the reactions of the faces, just, you really feel the emotion. And that's what grabbed me initially, is I really I really dug into this and felt what she's going through. So, this is a sort of flashback where she's in Havana, or for, at first it's present day, and she's in Havana, which it seems like she's part of the Avengers team here, saving a group of people. And uh, she's um, saying, talking about how every soul is precious. And she's helping all these people in Havana. And then she is, has a moment where she stares off and has this flashback of where she was given a mission to find out why this person in Havana was defecting and trying to escape Havana. And it had to do with some sort of political Russian Havana, uh, Cuba political dealings. And she was sent on a mission to find out what these defectors know. And the defectors was like this nice couple, this husband and wife. And she was met up with another agent in Havana that was like her her contact in, in Cuba that set her up with a place and got her into meeting with these people. And and they, they're sort of their, they were like peace agents that was their MO, their secret identity, if you will. And they, she wanted to find out without having to harm them, this family. And she actually does. that. She, she, she like, mission accomplished. And this, uh... This other agent that she meets in Havana, that you see her, her, her boyfriend, who they look lovingly at each other, and they're, you know, the, this this agent and the boyfriend are helping uh, Romanoff, uh, Natasha out here with, uh, you know, food and lodging, etc. And she meets with her contact, and the contact says, uh, you know, she finally has the information, and she hands it to him on a, on a napkin, and her her contact, the red room contact, the Russian red room contact says, we don't really care about what the information is. Um, we want them taken out. And we want all of them taken out, including your the, the Cuba contact, the, uh, the, the, the contact's boyfriend, uh, all of them. Just wipe them out. And so you initially think, okay, there's going to be some conflict here. She's going to maybe, she's sort of been into their lives, into this, this Cuban, this couple that just want to leave Cuba. And maybe she's going to do the right thing here and, and let them go. And she even has a nice moment with this agent where they, you know, sip a drink together and they, they talk about how close they are. And and sh- and the, the agent seems to be really friendly to Natasha. They hug. They, they're looking over this lake and seems to be this loving moment. But she has she has orders to take them out and she takes them out. <laughs> I mean, it's just, wow. You see, she was like a completely different person. She was so cold. She just, she takes them out. She snipes them on a roof. The um, she throws an American flag on their bodies because they wanted the, the death to be public and they wanted them to, she's from Russia, but she threw down an American flag to, to, that was her orders. And, uh, it, it, 
you think, okay, maybe she'll let the boyfriend go. You know, this, the agent, uh, the agent's boyfriend, because he didn't know she was an agent. He was just an innocent bystander. No, she, she creeps on the dude while he's fishing, takes him out. So (laughs) I was like, wow, this is, it was, she was just, you feel this coldness. You feel this, she's on a mission. That's all she's required to do. I mean, when the, when she finally comes to the agent's house where she's the agents in a shower and she takes her out with a, you know, with a suppressor pistol quietly. And then at that moment, her cat looks up, which you've seen the cat in a few issues. The cat's been there. This, this nice orange calico looking cat looks up at her and meows and thwack cats, cats out of the the cat had to be taken out. I guess maybe, you know, she was afraid the cat knew too much. The cat saw, I guess, (laughs) You know, and so talk about the red on the ledger, right, Natasha? That's what they're, I mean, wow, this is some definite red on the ledger. So then it's flash forward back to now, and she's back again saving those people in Havana and and taking them out in some sort of escape uh, helicarrier. And uh, she just has that moment looking off into the sunset of Havana, reflecting back on, wow, how much her life has changed. So, man, I felt the emotion. I felt the... uh, the, there was conflict when you finally kind of see it in her eyes, looking back and having that, that reminisce of her earlier mission. It was, uh, it grabs you. It's definitely an emotional ride. And that's why it easily was my pick of the week. And the cover's beautiful. Art winner as well. Got to say, art winner pick too. Pick of the week and art winner pick of the week because the cover is like uh, these dark orange, uh, dark orange and black sort of crazy looking shadow that she leaves behind her, a, a mess of check the cover out black widow number 20 that's my pick of the week and it was a good one black widow number 20 loved it i'm gonna read it again (laughs) so go out and get these go to sunspotscomics.com and look at my top fives i've put them all on the website now you can see uh just click on the link that says top five comic book picks and i've go back to the beginning of the podcast i've just put all five there so if you're interested in grabbing those putting them on your pull list whatever adding them to your card on comiXology just get them whatever you're gonna do it put your eyes on them because they're all good but that's the uh that's that'll do it that's the show show so 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 boy that was fun that one went fast and that, that was just a, a ball i hope you had a good time thanks for tuning in thanks for following us at sunspots comics on the facebook twitter and instagram and please check out sunspotscomics.com and put your eyes on it and uh, send me an email with questions comments concerns whatever at chris at sunspotscomics and uh, com and of course uh, check out zombiedestroyers.com more to come on that soon and i will be writing a comic book i've got an artist it's going to be a blast zombiedestroyers.com but anyway that's our show and uh, don't forget water can flow or it can crash be water my friend